Appreciate you joining us in the trenches with Dave Lappin, brought to you by First Star Logistics. As always, coming to you from our outstanding studios. And man, this will be worth your time because a really, really good guest, honest, open, Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor. He's, he's one of my favorites for sure. And he lived up to the, my expectations. He talked about last season, uh, the trials and tribulations of the season, having to deal with two quarterbacks and how putting game plans together that suited two different quarterbacks, uh, things you decide to do and not decide to do, everything that went along with that. Um, and we talk about last year, we talk about the uh, free agency period, we talk about the upcoming draft. There's not much that we don't talk about with Zach Taylor, and he answers everything. And like I said, answers it very, very honestly. You're going to enjoy this. What did you make a great decision to join us in the trenches today? Brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always, in our outstanding First Star Logistics studios, because we've got Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is our special guest today. And, uh, and coach, I know the season ended a little prematurely than you wanted it to, but overall, first of all, thank you and welcome to the uh, show here. And what do you think? I mean, when you reflect back, on the 2023-2024 season, what did you like most about your Cincinnati Bengals football team? Well, this team fought through a lot of adversity, which I expected them to. Learned a lot about uh, just overall, a lot of guys on our team, a lot of young guys on our team that are going to be big impacts in our future. And, you know, we were out of it um, sooner than we wanted to be, obviously. But I think there's a lot of encouraging things going into this offseason and next year that we're going to be really excited about. You know, um, you look at it, I guess, I guess the other question, the other question on the flip side of it, what do you think you could have done better, if anything? Well, I think there's some games that got away from us. Uh, obviously, in the division, we should we got to play better. You know, that's the expectation we have on ourselves. Forget about what everybody else's expectations are. We have to fare better in the division. And we didn't live up to that standard. And, and really, that's what that's what takes you out of the equation is just going one and five in the division. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't have much bigger expectations if, if you're going to have that record in there to go to the playoffs and do all the things you want to do. you got to handle your division. We didn't do that. And, and so that's that's the first place you can look at. You know, when you look at it, I mean, everybody around the league that I talk to, like, man, Cincinnati Bengals had a hell of a year because how many franchises around the National Football League could lose an elite quarterback, you know, uh, with basically eight games to play, lose them early, in the Baltimore game with seven plus games to play and play the way they played with a backup quarterback down the stretch. Everybody thought it's over, folded up. I mean, the Bengals are out of it. And for the team to compete the way it did for you guys to prepare them the way you did your quarterback room. I mean, you've got an elite guy, Joe Burrow is your starter. You have an elite backup quarterback, maybe the best in the league in both areas there. That's an amazing quarterback room that you've built there, coach. There's certainly some several linings you have to look at, you know, and so that's that's the way we choose to look at it is we get to see and uh, find out a lot more about Jake Browning, which which you can't say with confidence. You know exactly what you have until they go out there in a game and have to lead this team and in front of a stadium full of people and do all the things that Jake did for us this year. So uh, that part turned out to be very encouraging, what we've got there in Jake. And, and so now you got a lot of confidence in your backup quarterback. And, and so uh, and the team sees that as well. You know, if, if God forbid, 
Um, you ever needed him, hopefully for just a short stint, if that were to ever happen, you know, you've got a lot of confidence that Jake can step in and, and keep the thing moving. The chemistry and culture in the quarterback room that you uh, you guys have built is is dynamic also. I mean, I guess you're never going to take that for granted, are you? No, that's important. You know, those guys spend a lot of time together and, and things got to run smoothly with the quarterback coach and the coordinator and the starting quarterback and the backup quarterback and whoever the third quarterback is, is you can't have any, any, um, any disruption in that room. And so those guys, the chemistry is very strong. They support each other. They help each other. And we, we know that we have a really, really strong quarterback room. So let's, let's take a look at uh, some of the things that are so impressive. Uh, the nine and eight season, obviously, first and foremost, that's the third straight winning season. That, that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's tough to do in the National Football League. 26 takeaways, just barely out of the top 10, tied for 11th in the NFL, 17 interceptions, tied for eighth in the league. Some of those interceptions came in the red zone. We'll get to that, you know, a little bit. 16 giveaways in 17 games, uh, tied for second in the NFL, plus 10 in the turnover ratio, top five, tied for fifth in the National Football League. Uh, 10 fumbles, second fewest in the NFL, only lost two of them, fewest in the National Football League. 76 penalties, second fewest in the league. 614 penalty yards, fewest in the NFL. Red zone, 12 possessions with no points. That led the National Football League. One out of every uh, five possessions, the, the opponent doesn't score. Top five in the National Football League. I mean, there's some pretty good stuff there, Coach. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons you went 9-8, and eight, obviously. Yeah, there, there's reasons we had opportunities to have a successful year and, and you know, just more consistency over the course of the season. Um, you know, last year we, we won 10 games in a row and we were never able to hit a stretch like that where you really get that momentum. And um, you felt really good about things kind of going into that Baltimore game where Joe got hurt. We, we had a little bit of that momentum. We'd won four in a row, yep. got beat at the last second there by Houston. And so that, that stretch right there, you felt like you were really gaining some momentum um, and then, you know, you had to set back with Joe and, and then we started to gain some momentum with Jake. You know, we won three games in a row there in December um, before coming up short, you know, in a, in a couple of those games there at the end. So there were some stretches there where we started to find that momentum and then had those setbacks. But uh, to have a great year, you've got to find a longer stretch that momentum where you're playing really good football in all those areas you mentioned. So Jake, as a starting quarterback, you know, he finished that Baltimore game. You know, Joe exits with a lead, can't quite hold on that lead. Great game, great effort in Baltimore, though. Tough, you know, they're competing for the AFC Championship in a Super Bowl berth. I mean, Baltimore's legit. And then and then seven opponents. Jake Browning completes over 70% of his passes, which, uh, you know, once he had enough attempts, was number one amongst quarterbacks uh, that had enough attempts to, to compete for these various things in quarterback rating. 7.97 yards per attempt, almost eight yards per attempt, top five in the NFL. His quarterback rating 98.4, seventh in the NFL. I mean, Jake Browning had a heck of a run, didn't he? What what was it about Jake when, when you guys started really working with him? And it's a different dynamic when you're getting him ready to start a football game as opposed to his, his role that he was filling. What did you find out about Jake Browning right away that was so impressive? He can take it play to play. You know, and each play is a new play and isn't impacted by something that goes negatively. Like some guys can get in a real trap where something negative happens to them and, and they fall into that trap where there's just a lot of negatives that continue to build up. And you really look at that Minnesota game, he threw a pick in the third quarter uh, that really, 
you know, some quarterbacks that could get your head and the game's over with. And he threw the pick, and then he was able to bring us back after that and just rebound and just make good decision after good decision and find a way to help us win the game. Uh, very similar to what Burrow did against the Houston Texans, where, you know, he threw a pick um, that, that looked like it may take us out of it and then just let us down to some touchdowns, an opportunity to get back there and take a lead. So you look at two guys that really approach the game very similarly. They take it play to play. They're not impacted by something that goes wrong, and they're able to rebound and play their best as the game continues to move on. And, and we saw a lot of that from Jake as the season went on. It's got to be frustrating that, uh, you know, with Joe missing the number of games that he missed, I mean, Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, they're they're in the mix again, as they usually are for the playoffs. Cincinnati Bengals have been right worth, right there with them, and they are right there with them. I mean, when, when Joe Burrow has been able to play, stay healthy, AFC Championship game, Super Bowl game. I mean, obviously, when you got number nine at the helm, you guys are as good as anybody in the National Football League. I mean, when you just watch the uh, the conclusion of the division round here in in the playoffs, what's your take? Is your take, you know, we're right there with everybody? Oh, sure. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's watching these teams thinking we can't play with them. You know, yep. if you look at uh, San Francisco and and uh, just just all these teams that we played against this year, Buffalo, Kansas City. Baltimore, Houston, all these teams, we played them. Yep. And and we want to play in these big moments. Our team has confidence in these big moments, whether it's at home or on the road. Um, I think it gives you good perspective to sit on your couch and watch uh, these teams get to play in these great environments and have these great back and forth games and um, how much you miss being a part of that. Uh, we, we don't want to do that, but but you got you to take the hand that's dealt to you right now and we're on our couch. And so let's Let's, you know, make sure we're taking it all in and make sure we're not missing these moments again in the future and let this motivate us, you know, even more so going forward. Well, one thing we, we know, life in the National Football League, uh, the composition of, of teams never stays the same, totally, from 1 to 53 or 1 to 60, whatever you want to call it, with all practice squads and everything else that might be involved. Exit interviews are, you know, a, a part of uh, a necessary part of a conclusion of every season some players are moving on you're going to be filling their roles with other players and what are those exit interviews like and and when you have those exit interviews i'm sure all of them are different but i'm sure you get a lot of useful player feedback from players that are returning as well as players that aren't right there is you know and we talk about all all ranges of of the program that we have here you know the way we practice the way we meet things that happen in the locker room things that happen in the weight room travel um, you know, there's guys you trust and, and uh, you know, that they'll give you a feedback that's going to be helpful to us winning more games. And so, you know, I make sure that we address that with all the appropriate players. And, um, you know, so I feel like we get we get good feedback and we ask the right questions as the season comes to a conclusion. Players that I've talked to um, praise you for the way you handle those exit interviews because their prior experiences were it was a one way conversation. The coach was, you know, just <laughs> handling and dictating the whole thing said Zach is so good with not only delivering his message, but listening to us. He wants to hear what we have to say. I mean, and you can tell he really wants to hear what we have to say. It's not like, yeah. you know, lip service kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's pretty sharp. That's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. This isn't a dictatorship, you know, and, and I, I think you get more out of people if they feel like they're empowered and their opinion matters and, and they feel valued and, so again, some of the best best people I've been around have made me feel that way. And so you try to do your best to let that trickle down to the coaches and the players that 
they feel like they're empowered and they feel like that their their voice gets to be heard. And even if you're not taking every suggestion they make, uh, maybe it's just one out of every several that they have. You know, you feel like everybody's a part of this and everybody has an opportunity to help this team improve. And so, um, but you also have to earn that that uh, right to say those things. And so again, it's I'm not I'm not having those conversations with everybody, but the guys that I feel like represent themselves the right way and are are good leaders on this team and. I value their opinion. I want to make sure that, that they have the right to speak. So now your coaching staff is that has been intact for five years. Um, you've had success, three straight winning seasons. Like we said, Super Bowl appearance, AFC championship uh, for two seasons, win one and, and lose in another, another winning season. I mean, that's that's pretty good run of success. And your coaches are, are getting some attention, particularly Brian Callahan. I mean, he's having uh, multiple second interviews what is it like, you know, kind of uh, sitting there waiting for how is this going to unfold? How much of my coaching staff will I have remaining when all this is said and done? Yeah, I mean, as we're talking, every time my phone lights up, I'm I'm checking it to see <laughs> what the what the latest update is, and that's a positive thing. I, I think people think highly of of how we've operated here and how we've conducted ourselves and the success yep. we've had, and so with that comes a lot of attention for your coaching staff and. That's a good thing. You know, I, I'd love to have the same staff here for 10 years straight. We've had an unprecedented run of five straight years of the same three coordinators and, and the bulk of the staff has remained the same. And I think that's helped us have the consistency we've had at the same time. It's um, I'm, I'm going to be excited when an opportunity comes Brian's way because I know he's prepared for it and and uh, it gives other people an opportunity, you know, so uh, it, it's just one of those things where you know, I'd love to keep the consistency here. It's also time for those guys to get their opportunities. And Brian's the one right now who's who's getting a lot of second interviews. And so we'll see how it goes over the next couple of days and how it shakes out for him. So if Brian were to get a, a position, say, let's just pick the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I know that's where that's uh, in fact, I, I was contacted by a talk show host there who kept me on the line for 25 minutes. And I was just extolling the virtues of Brian Callahan. They, they love him in Tennessee now. There's no, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Uh, yeah. in, in Nashville. So, um, but if, if say Brian moves on to Tennessee, just to pick one of the multiple second interviews that he's got going on and, and he, do you, do you guys talk about, or is it premature to talk about, Hey, Brian, you know, don't be raiding my staff of everybody. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I'll let, I'll let you take a guy, but don't be thinking you're going to be taking a bunch of guys off my staff. Do, do those kind of dialogues go on at all? Sure. You know, I, I think uh, just to have a, a picture of what he's thinking and how it affect me and our staff. Yeah, we, we have those conversations. Um, but again, it's it's you know, you have to prepare. There, there's candidates outside this building that you, that you have to look at, and talk to. And um, that'll be interesting for us if, if it does go that direction. So, um, you know, I feel like we've got a great staff here in place. And, and then you get an opportunity to look and see what else is out there to see if um, you can always improve things. And so. Yeah, and those are some things that would take place if, if Brian were to get a head coaching job. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the domino effect, the ripple effect, if Brian does move on, say, Tennessee, okay, fill in that coordinator position. And you got candidates internally, Coach Walters, Coach Pitcher. I mean, they they may be uh, being interviewed by – there's seven openings still. Um, there might be more. Who knows? But uh, they may be interviewed by not only Brian Callahan but other, other uh, coaches that fill – uh, head coaching vacancy. So, yeah, you have to have not only an internal list of what you might do from an internal standpoint with moves you might make, but that list externally. And for you having coached in the National Football League for five years and having the run of success now, 
for three straight years. Does does that external list? I mean, does that grow, Coach? I mean, you're a great relationship builder. Have you made a ton of relationships that uh, you've got now that you may not have had when you first started coaching for the Bengals? Yeah, I think it's it's my responsibility to this organization to make sure that we assess all options and internally and externally, uh, kind of weigh weigh what the best decisions are. And so there's great people out there that I know. There's some that I'm interested to know. Um, and I also have a lot of confidence in the guys that we have in the building. So th there's a lot you got to take in, and, and it's not just a clear cut. This is how we're going to do it, move on. It's There's an interview process that will take place that's very necessary. Um, and so, again, that, that's the process that we would we would jump into next if, if Brian were to leave. Okay, so now let's move on from the from the coaching uh, scenario. Yes, you got a lot of a lot of irons in the fire, coach. I mean, there's there's a lot going on on a daily basis, whether you're in the playoffs or not. There's no 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 doubt about that. But now, free agency. Um, evaluate your own players that are entering free agency. Evaluating the pool of players from other teams that are out there in free agency. It, it, is that a priority before the draft, or are they commingled? Are you guys preparing for the draft and free agency? at the same time or how do you handle that part of it yeah you can balance most but you can balance at the same time but there, there are priorities that that um jump out in front of the other you know and so the number one thing is is it is the time that you can evaluate your own free agents and and if you need to make decisions on them you can do that before other teams can get a hold of them and so that that's always the process that we undergo um really over the next several weeks you know and so uh duke and his staff have been undergoing that they've had those conversations for a long time um, now our staff gets to jump into the mix, you know, over the next couple of weeks. And, and then you also balance that by watching the, the all-star game tape and getting ready for the combine. And, and then you have free agency, you know, kind of at that midpoint March. And so the, you can balance both. You can certainly prioritize a heavier dose of one over the other over the next four to five weeks, which we'll do. Um, but, it, but it's exciting to get into this next stage of, of team building, you know, the, the scheme part. Uh, takes a back seat for a little bit and you get a chance to handle the uh, the talent acquisition phase and that's exciting that's a new change of pace and get something to to get reinvigorated for and excited to watch and then and then it turns back to the scheme once the draft ends so um, I'm excited for this spring process and, and what takes shape there one of the challenges of making the championship game or the Super Bowl is your offseason is so condensed so short yeah you know the silver lining of not making the playoffs is you know it's a much longer offseason player recovery, physically, mentally, coaches get a chance to, you know, recharge their batteries, uh, go out and spend some time with their families, get reconnected there and get back into it. Does that change how you approach what you do in OTAs and training camp and yeah. how much you might play players in the preseason since it's a longer off season or does all that uh, being evaluated now? Well, I think the first part of the question is, yeah, it does change your off season. You know, you'll, you'll get some more times because the players have had a longer recovery phase. So it looks at how you'll do things a little bit differently in the spring. We had maximized all nine weeks of the offseason process uh, over the last two years because we've been playing really into February. Right. Um, now, like you mentioned, it's it's January 22nd. My vacation's over. Um, I've already gone and, and sat on the beach. And so now you get a chance to move forward. Whereas that happened, that was happening in February in the past couple of years. Right. So um, it does change your offseason process with the players. We'll, we'll have a chance to do a little bit more with them. And then, and then we'll evaluate where our team's at, you know, as we look forward to training camp to see, you know, what, what happened in the draft, what happened to free agency, what's the right approach uh, for these guys. So that's not a decision we have to make today. Um, that's something we'll base it more on how the spring goes with our guys. Is one of the goals 
in the 2024, 20, 2025 season to get off to a faster start, though, and not, you know, be owing to particularly, you know, last year, two, two division games to start the season and digging out of that own two start, you know, in the division, uh, you know, that's not an easy task. No, it's not an easy task, you know, and, and uh, again, we've, we've had some um, some tough times that start the last couple of years. You know, we, we really missed a walk off PAT to beat the Steelers last year. And um, that can change the dialogue a little bit. Just if that point after goes in instead of being blocked, you know, as time expires. Um, so, again, we've 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 got to do a better job starting fast and we'll assess all the reasons and uh, and, the, and things that we can maybe change to to help ourselves to a faster start. And, um, those are things that we spent a lot of time talking about. So Joe Burrow obviously took on a role of supporting uh, Jake Browning, did a hell of a job of it. And uh, he was involved, obviously, in all the meetings and what you guys were putting together from a game plan standpoint. And he seemed to be pretty impressed what you did from a game planning standpoint with Jake Browning. Do you think that some of what you did with Jake can uh, basically be worked on with Joe and maybe I don't know, not exactly the same. Uh, quarterbacks have different strengths and weaknesses, but some of the things that you've had success with Jake, you think Joe might say, hey, you know, that, that looks pretty good to me too, Coach. Yeah, I, I think those are a lot of things we were doing, Joe. You know, and, and uh, people seem to forget we couldn't be under center Joe's first four games of the season because of his calf. There, there was exactly. so many things that were off the table. And so yep. when he did get healthy against um, San Francisco and Buffalo, you know, really, we were doing the things that we were doing at the end of the season and having a lot of success offensively in those games against really yep. good teams. And so um, these are, you know, it wasn't a whole new offense when Jake came in there. And um, there's certainly some things we lean into more that Jake was really comfortable with that, that helped us have success. And there's some things that Joe feels more comfortable with. And so, um, but but I think that the revamping of the offense over the last second of the week, it's a little bit overblown. It, those were things that we were doing with Joe um, in, in the four games that he was actually healthy in. And um, we'll continue to build off of that as we go forward. Yeah, that's the exciting part. I mean, there was some success now, maybe, um, forget this, let's build on this, let's add to this and all that that goes on in the off season. The fact though, that that, that schema, what you were putting together, Joe executed at such a high level, you know, before injury, Jake goes in and executes at a high level. That has to just give you validation and confidence in the fact that, man, what we got cooking here is pretty good stuff. I mean, you know, we've got some ability to uh, be versatile with how we approach this, but yet, you know, the same concepts, you know, and, and the same beliefs that we have, that, that's got to be a, uh, a really positive feeling for you, you and your coaches. Sure. I mean, we're, we're, we're not necessarily looking for validation. We're just looking for ways to win. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah. we've always got to be open to evolving. And and just because something was working for us well this year, you got to evaluate how to improve in the future and what tweaks uh, can make this offense uh, better and more consistent over the course of the season. And um, so, again, that's just our job. And, and that's that's what we're excited to do, you know, and continue to move forward in 2024 and, and have a really good year. And finally, Coach, and appreciate you carving the time you carved. I know uh, uh, you've got uh, responsibilities with the family uh, with this uh, with this time, and, and and we do don't want to infringe upon any of that. Uh, but th this is not this is Lou Anarumo's bailiwick, and I know you guys talk all the time, and you guys are very close uh, coaches as well as friends. And, and, and Lou's talked about it, you know, point blank. We gave up too many explosives. I mean, you know, we had gave up over 80 plays of uh, 20 yards or more. We led the league in explosive 30 yards more. If that can be curtailed some, that makes a big difference to both sides of the ball, doesn't it? It does, you know, and it was it was too many. And 
and you can get into a lottery list of reasons why. Um, but it's something that we'll we'll certainly look to improve upon this off season and be ready to hit the ground running when the season comes around. Um, but it, it it is something that we'll we'll spend a lot of time and effort um, rectifying, and and that is where complementary football comes into play. You know, we need to do a better job early in games on offense to take the pressure off the defense. So. You know, we force teams to be more one-dimensional, and that's where you can really tee off on defense and limit the explosives and dictate the game better than what we did this year. And so I, I just felt like, you know, the complementary aspect of playing playing well in all three phases uh, wasn't where we needed it to be this year to take the pressure off of each side of the ball. And um, that's something I got to do a better job as a head coach, making sure we, we, we uh, can force teams to be more one-dimensional there. Coach, you've done a heck of a job um, building your football team in free agency. And then whatever holes are left to, to build, you know, in the draft, all eight of your draft picks had a role, and that role was expanded during sure. the season last year. You guys have put your bat on the ball so well in free agency in the draft. Has to give you a lot of confidence going into this offseason. It does, but but I mean we have a lot of confidence in, in Duke Tobin and his staff, you know, Steve Rudisevich, Trey Brown, Mike Potts, you know, Chris Sarkeesian, and uh, Andrew Johnson. And those guys just do such an excellent job that allow us to do our job. And so we, we trust their opinions. And of course they let us supplement with our opinions. It's a really good process that we have here in the building. Um, the communication is, is we don't bring people in that, that people are dissatisfied with or, or that we don't have a vision for. And so Duke's done a really good job of, of driving that bus and, and making sure that we add the right players and there's consensus there. And um, so again, I think they did a great job with this draft class. All three, all the, all eight of those guys, we have a great vision for. They all played a role for us this year. We all think they have even more potential. Um, you didn't go through a season thinking, man, we might have missed on this guy. You didn't feel that for one second with these guys. So I think the the future is very bright for that draft class. No doubt, man. They're all they're all made of the right stuff, and uh, man, it's working. You guys are doing it well, Coach. Appreciate your time. Can't thank you enough. Good stuff as always, and I'm I'm ready for 2024. I'm, I'm ready now. <laughs> me too. It's enough yeah, of a break. Too. Let's let's get let's tee it up. Let's let's kick it off. Appreciate yeah. you, sir. You bet. I'm gonna go jump in this car line now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Paired pickup time at school. Yeah. I love it, Coach. You're yeah. the best. Thank you. Okay. See you, Dave. See ya. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self motivation leadership and appreciating your teammates are key at first star logistics you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family build your future by working hard like i did you'll see results both on and off the field call first star logistics today and be part of our winning team